It is not a great sex life. It is not a fat bank account or a cute house or anything else. It's one thing that is missing from most marriages that is a deal breaker. It's like a big problem. It's something that needs to be in place. And we're going to talk about it in this episode. Hello, this is Gabe and Melissa Kolstad here with Marriage Monthly. Hey, babe, how you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, you look tan, by the way. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. I'll talk and more about that later. I'll talk more about that. Um, <laughs> but we want to talk a little bit about the the missing ingredient that is this mysterious yes. thing. And it is spiritual intimacy. Mm. Missing in most marriages. I mean, because the thing is that people stand up at the altar and they say some words, you know, or maybe it's to the justice of the peace, or maybe it is, you know, at a nice beach setting where you have your wedding. Um, but I think a lot of times we don't cultivate, we don't necessarily set up a system or a lifestyle that reinforces spiritual growth together. Right. It's like a one and done. We, yeah. We say the scripture, we yeah, say no the magic. vows, yeah, it's like spiritual it. prayer and right. it's like, we're good. But but the truth is we've counseled many, many couples. Yeah. We've, we've watched and worked with hundreds of couples and we've started to recognize patterns that, that can show when somebody does certain things mm -hmm. that it builds up their marriage and having a spiritual foundation in your marriage is a major plus. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that can get you through a hard time and bring you actually closer together rather than pushing you further. Well, apart. don't you think though that also Christian marriages have the same divorce rate as non-Christian marriages, yeah, but there is a statistic that says if you're doing spiritual activities yeah. and practices that that substantially goes substantially. way down. Yeah, I mean, d depending on the combination of practices and, yeah. and foundations, you can go from one in two getting divorced to one in a thousand as yeah. the stat. Yeah. So it makes a massive difference a what difference. we do yeah. and how we build that spiritual, spiritual foundation. So we're going to talk about yeah. that today. Good, I love it. Um, uh, I want to share some of our favorite moments that have brought us together. You know, those, those things that have either been yeah. one-time things or... Uh, that have been more ongoing things, but our wedding was the first one. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely was because our wedding was um, something that we planned specifically to have, we had two pastors involved, one yeah. had double power. It was very religious. It was very religious. It was religious. in a church. It yeah. was, yeah. Which mattered to us. It did. So, yeah. Because I we had it. like our friends who were also spiritually minded there right. in support. Right. Um, our mentors were there. Yeah, our family, you know, obviously. Melissa's yeah. dad was the pastor that, that was, you know, officiating the wedding. My pastor also, at yeah. the time, uh, helped out. So it was like a double pastor kind of situation. It was just a great starting point yeah. for us. Yeah. And yeah. so we still look back at that, mm -hmm. at that moment as it was a, it wasn't just a wedding. It was a spiritual moment for us. Well, I feel like a lot of our big, I don't know, like moments were in the church. Yeah. Like the dedication of our kids. Yeah. That's on my the list. The ordination yeah. of you. Yeah. The baptism of our kids. Yeah. Like all of that happened within the church. Yeah. So the church is a, it's huge massive. point for yeah, you absolutely. as a family. Yeah. yeah, and so if you're not connected to a, mm -hmm. a faith community, we hope that you will find one near you or just shoot, jump into westsidecommunitychurch.com. Right. I mean, we're here for you online as well, even if you're not in the area. Yeah. Um, but a couple other air, uh, things for us, the catacombs in Rome. I don't know if that- That was cool. And I actually did that you. one, even though I'm very claustrophobic, yeah. but I did it the first time. Yeah. Uh, okay, so- why do you think it was a spiritual experience that drew us together? Because, Well, for me, it's because these Christians were hiding out for their life, right? Yeah, back in first century. Right, AD, of course, yeah. yeah. And so they're hiding out, but the faith, the faith mattered to them so much that they were willing to die yeah. 
you know, and so they met together and it meant everything to them, mm-hmm. them to be in community. Mm-hmm. And we act like it's so nonchalant to be in community, yeah, yeah. you know, but it meant everything to them. It was survival for them. Yeah. And for us to go down there and we could see like their teachings on the wall still thousands of years later. Yeah. And all, I mean, it was really powerful. It was. Yeah, it was cool. I like Yeah. That. So, so that was amazing. Um, I think something that brings us together is, and this is ongoing is serving together in classes, groups, outreach opportunities. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've marriage monthly, marriage monthly, <laughs> but we've been serving together since before we got married, which was 28 years almost ago. Yeah. We did uh, some so youth group stuff. Like 29 yeah. years we've been serving together. And I don't know why that's been such a highlight for us, but it, I think it gives powerful. us something to talk about and brings yeah. us together. Yeah. So when we're planning and thinking about scripture or points and things like that, we're, we're thinking about spiritual things right. and we're like, how do we, how do we draw that out and how do we communicate it to other people mm-hmm. to help others? So I, my favorite thing we ever did was Sunday school classes back in the day. Yeah. So much Teaching fun in the nineties. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, we grew so much in our marriage and our foundation during that time when yeah. we were young and dumb, but we were just soaking it all up. And it yeah. So when you're so together fun. investing in someone else spiritually, that's a big accelerator. You, yeah. you grow so yeah. much more than the people you're investing in. Yeah. So be the leader. Yeah, like you're going to totally. grow multitudes more than everybody else. But um, yeah. A couple others, devotion times with our kids, like nighttime reading these little devotional books. It was so books fun. And stuff. It was we, got, thing we had so many devotionals. Yeah. Like we, we went through them. them. Yeah. We still got them. But yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Just times for the kids to ask questions and us to teach yeah. them. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and then uh, prayer and conversations at meals. That's been a what's very hot, what's repetitive. Not. Yeah. <laughs> repetitive. You know, it's a chance. We didn't, we've never had like the ooey gooey, super spiritual family conversations. And so I don't think that's, that needs to be a target. I mean, for us, it's been very simple. I mean, it could be a 30 yeah. second prayer. It could be a literally a two minute conversation around the table. But I think a lot of it is just consistency, consistency in our yeah. faith and the kids seeing what truth and godliness mm-hmm. and unity and those things look like mm-hmm. and being able to absorb that and implement that. And so then I don't even know they're paying attention. And then I'll hear them talking to somebody else yeah. about what they learned from us. Totally. But I didn't even know they're really paying attention, but yeah. they're always paying attention. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's all important. Um, also one that I was thinking of the, the one that we just had was the garden of Gethsemane. Oh yeah. We, okay. We just got back from Israel. That's why Melissa looks tan. Actually I do too. (laughs) I must say the Middle Um, East. Yeah. Middle East (laughs) will do that to you. Yeah. But, uh, share that Gethsemane moment. Oh, I just loved it. I thought it was really a moment to be where Jesus was Mm -hmm. during a time of such pain and torture for Mm -hmm. him. The night before his crucifixion. Right before Mm -hmm. his crucifixion, realizing that he was really, surrendering to God at that point. He Mm -hmm. didn't want to die, but yet he knew it was God's will for all mankind so we can be redeemed. And so that was just a really special moment. I stole a rock from there. You did. Well, we were encouraged to, to be fair. So, yeah. So hopefully, you know, that wasn't a big deal. But anyways, that was really, really powerful. But I have to, I wanted to share a scripture because this, this just stood out to me. So Romans 15, five and six says, may God who gives this patience and encouragement Help us live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And just thinking about that complete harmony together as we grow in Christ. Mm. And that's what glorifies God. Wow. I thought that yeah, was really neat. That really does apply to marriage. I thought so too. So yeah. I thought that was really good. That's great. Yeah. So you got some five blocks to teach us? Yes. I want to share five blocks. Spiritual blocks, like spiritual blocks, okay, not, not blocks to build on things that 
interfere with interfere. or they block our, our spiritual intimacy as right. a couple. Um, and these come from Jim Burns. If you're familiar with that name, he's a, he's a great resource for family life and spiritual growth. Uh, but he, he calls them out. He says, first busyness is a block. And sure. I could totally see that. I <laughs> oh mean, yeah. You know, it's, we, it's protecting un, unified time together, protecting time together in general is mm-hmm. such a difficult thing these days. Um, but busyness can be something that drives it out. He, he calls out the second one, low level anger, you know, like you're caring, you're holding on to something that maybe didn't go well the day or week or month or year before or decade before. And you're carrying this low level anger, which blocks your receptivity to your spouse. Hmm. It's um, like an irritability, right? That yeah. you're just kind of like annoyed yeah. all the time. Yeah. And even if you're not annoyed with them. <laughs> Right, uh, right. It still is a block, mm-hmm. you know? So I think maybe one of the things that we have to think about is, am I carrying anything right now that's, that I'm like irritated about that's making mm. me bitter. And if I am, I've got to, I've got to deal with that because yeah. that's a blocker. A third one is lack of forgiveness. Uh, obviously, that's, obviously. that's probably <laughs> obvious, but I mean, how important that is, is to not hold something against your spouse. Um, it just makes you bitter. It does. And I'm always reminded uh, about what Jesus tells us is, Hey, I forgave you. So you should forgive others. You know, there should be nothing. I mean, there's nothing that anyone could do against me. That's any, that's any bigger than everything I've done against God. And he's going, and I forgave you. So it's that lack of forgiveness is a blocker. And then lack of respect is a blocker for spiritual intimacy as a couple. And the last one is spiritual warfare, which I don't think a lot of people think about. In other words, it's the enemy trying to divide us. Sure. Um, throwing a wrench in there, yeah. you know, that often to me comes in the form of confusion um, okay. or misinterpretation. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 your spouse does something and you misinterpret it. Um, there's confusion about what they meant. And so then you're, you're on the defense, you know, and so much. some of those things yes. are spiritual uh, warfare where the enemy is trying to cause confusion and dissension. Right. Yeah. So those are five things that keep us, uh, not coming together. You want to share some things that do bring us together? I like that. I like that. Well, I was thinking about like activities that bring you together spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say it because I'm an extrovert and I'm a seven on the Enneagram adventure (laughs) adventure. It does. It does. It just does. It brings you together when you learn something new together, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or you go to a new place together. It just spurs so much conversation. And memories are like that. It and can, you just hold but, them. but do you think that um, it does for you because you approach it that way? Well, there's certain, not every adventure is a yeah, spiritual adventure, true. right? So I'm thinking like when we go as a family or as a couple to a new city, like we did mm-hmm. recently, we were Lots out in New York yeah. and we went to a church there, mm-hmm. found a church. Every time we're on a trip, we find a church to yeah. explore because it's fun. And we talk about what we loved about it and what we appreciated about it, what we learned. And it's a great conversation at Mm -hmm. our lunchtime every time. And then when we do that with our kids, you know, we've gone to Vegas, gone to church out there. And it's like, we have great conversations with our kids about, you know, what we learned, what we saw, what we didn't want to implement, that kind of stuff, you know, and and it's fun. And then like, just thinking also about um, conferences we've gone to, spiritual conferences, Mm -hmm. things that have Mm -hmm. helped us grow spiritually, helped us in our leadership, helped us in our marriage that's all great adventures that help us have great communication and stories. And it's just, it's domino effect. Uh, one of the things when I think of adventure is ruins, that's like always okay. 
in my head ruins so funny. because we've seen ruins all over the world. I mean, Gabe and I've seen rooms in Mexico. We've seen them in Ephesus. We've seen them in Cyprus. We've seen them in um, Alexander, Egypt. We've seen them in Rome, tons and rooms. Yeah. We just saw a ton in Israel. I mean, we have seen some ruins, Athens. Remember we sat on Mars Hill where Paul we sat. We yeah. sat on that hill. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. Like, so we have been able to experience a lot of really cool adventures that were spiritual adventures Yeah, that I want every couple to be able to see that stuff and be a part of that stuff. Cause people are like, Oh, that's good for you. Oh, you're so lucky. No, it's not that hard. Oh, it's well, but it's also a sacrifice. I mean, there's many things we say no to. Oh yeah. So that we can say, I was just thinking about that. I told Melissa, I was like, Hey, after such and such happens, I'm going to buy myself a nice truck. Yeah. <laughs> because right and now I, I have And a I'm like, no, because then we can't go on another trip. Yeah, so we're always so we're putting it off, you know, but it's, it's a priority thing. I was going to tell is. you, um, you took a rock from Israel. I took a rock from Israel and my special moment of, which was a ruin moment, um, was at the Sea of Galilee oh, and I love the sea um, of where Jesus walked. And we were at this place called Peter's Primacy, right yeah. on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, in, which hasn't changed, you know, remarkably in thousands of years, is the same as it was. And, and so there was this church built right by this big rock. And I asked our tour guide, because it said, this is holy ground. I was like, what is that rock? Yeah. Area. What's the, yeah, yeah. you know, significance of mm -hmm. this? And he said, well, have you read the end of the book of John where after the resurrection, Jesus is on the, is on the seashore and the disciples are in the boat and they've been fishing all night long and they can't catch fish. And he says, cast your net on, on the, the other, other side. side yep. And they do. And they catch 153 fish and they <laughs> haul it in. And Jesus literally starts cooking, cooking them breakfast them, yeah. on the rock that I was looking at. Yeah. And he told me that this is the place where Peter, who had been, who had denied Christ three times, was reinstated because Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? And at yeah. the end of it, he said, feed my sheep. And I don't know what about that. I was so emotional to me. That was cool just, though. Yeah. Just knowing I'm standing where Jesus stood. I'm, I'm standing where Peter was commissioned, right. you know, to go take the gospel to the world. It, yeah. it is special when we have those moments. I mean- Guys, we got to get baptized in the Jordan yeah. where Jesus was. Oh gosh, I mean, that, that was, was pretty rad. And we went on boat ride in the Sea of Galilee. I yeah. mean, if you get a chance, at least go once and just check it out. Because it's pretty powerful to be able to see what we got to see. Yeah. And feel what we got to feel. And knowing that Jesus walked those, the disciples walked in some of the places we walked. It's pretty powerful. So I'm just saying adventures Spiritual adventures, yeah. they're really powerful. Whether it's checking out a church on your vacation or, or seeing some ruins somewhere, it's just it just solidifies your your faith as a couple when you get to see that stuff mm -hmm. together. So I think it's really powerful. Also, um, I was thinking about groups, you know, like things the things that bring us together spiritually is groups that we've led consistently in church, going to church, mm -hmm. um, course, marriage monthly classes, these kind of things, devotionals, these kind of things give us something to talk about. Yeah. And so when we go to those kinds of things, because, I mean, yeah. it's true. A lot of times couples only talk about the things that are bothering them right, or the problems they're having. Right. And I, that's frustrating. We have problems. We have things that bother us. We just have a lot of other stuff to talk about too. Right. Because we're investing in other things yeah. that give us input mm -hmm. so we can talk about that. Mm -hmm as an outlet. So to me, go to church, go yeah, to groups, go to everything you can spiritually, and then spend time talking about that 
together, not all the negative stuff for all the frustrations you have, but talk about the spiritual things that are encouraging and good, you know? So, um, drives, walks, and talks. I won't, ah, I'm going to say it forever. That's good. I mean, they bring you together because, you know, the things that you do like groups and class and things that that's info to talk about, but drives and walks and talks is a chance for you to talk mm-hmm. about God and the things you're learning. So we have our best conversations. We've said this before on drives and walks and talks and that's, it's just what it is. And so yeah. we were able to just talk about whatever's on our mind. And if it's a spiritual thing or something we're learning, that's great. A lot of times do your devotions. I'll just say that because a lot of times out of nowhere, Gabe will be like, you're not gonna believe what I just read. And I'll do yeah. the same thing. Yeah. I'm just reading my devotion. I'm like, oh, you're not gonna believe what I just read because I remember it better if I can talk yeah. about it. And you're the same way. Everybody's the same way. Yeah. And so if you can share something that you learned from your devotion that day, you're going to remember it. And that gives you something good to talk about, mm-hmm. something positive to talk about. So anyways, um, be committed to spiritual practices. Go to church, have meals together, pray together at night, do devotions together as a family. If you can serve together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge thing. Teaching our kids at a young age to serve. I think our youngest was like third grade mm-hmm. when he started doing tech for junior church. Yeah. Um, Caitlin and Doss, I think they were sixth grade. They started doing music yep. in the youth group. So, I mean, we, we started the kids young because we wanted them to have ownership and we wanted them to know that these spiritual practices helping make the church, the church is part of their responsibility too. And so I would say definitely, um, serve and, and be committed to spiritual practices. Do, do those things. Cause that gives you something to talk about, but it also builds you as a couple and as a family, um, and then lastly, I'm just going to say communication and laughter brings you together mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. It just does. When you're laughing and you keep it positive and upbeat, it's just fun. You, you feel like you're drawn together spiritually. It's just an intimacy that you can't, you can't beat it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I want to add one to the spiritual practices. Sure. And that is something that has brought us together a lot because it's an investment thing is giving financially yeah. um, to God's work because some, Jesus said, wherever you're treasure Treasures is there your heart will be also mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we we wonder like mysteriously why are we not on the same page spiritually or why are we not growing together spiritually and sometimes it's because there's been no actual sacrifice or investment and you can't grow in an area that you're not sacrificing for so if you really want to up the ante in your spiritual intimacy put your money where your mouth is and see what will happen in your life if you start saying no. I mean, we just recently went through this like audit of our TV stuff because we needed yeah. to trim our expenses. Um, and we did that because we've upped our giving. And so, you know, we went from one subscription, uh, which was which was a certain price, and we cut that in one third. Yep. Um, and we did that because now there's a little more wiggle room in our life. And it's important, you know. Yeah. And you know something about giving too is when I see a baptism at church or I read the report of how many people received Christ that quarter and stuff like that, I think I was a part of that Yeah, because I gave toward that. Yeah, I also give toward a ministry called Expose Hope. And so when I see lives turning around in that ministry, I think yeah, I invested in that. Yeah. I'm a part of that. And so, yeah, I agree. Giving is a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah, um, I want to share some scripture that uh, kind of sets the tone for what, our role is as a family, why we have a spiritual responsibility, why it is not just about marriage and even parenting, why it's actually first and foremost about a spiritual 
intimacy that we develop amongst us. And, and so it goes like this. Ephesians 6 verse 4 talks to fathers and really parents. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, it says, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So there's like this commissioning to parents. We're to nurture our kids in their faith. That's part of our home life. That's part of That's our marriage right. life. You know, if you're not parents, there's other kids that God's probably given you favor with, and you can you can invest in them. Um, in Ephesians 5.25, it says, husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. And there's got to be a spiritual covering, a spiritual emphasis, mm-hmm. a spiritual protection, a spiritual investment in my marriage. Uh, because that's my ro- that's my role as a husband. That's my responsibility as a husband is to be that spiritual leader, yep. you know, for my wife. And and that I can't cut that out of what marriage is. God designed it for this. Well, and sometimes I feel like people, like women, a lot of times we have a. Some of us have very strong personalities, sure. very assertive people. So we want to take over, mm-hmm. and just realizing that. Don't do that, girls. Let him lead spiritually. And you lead spiritually as well, but but let him really take the front seat on that. I think it's the way God planned it. And yeah. I think that it's important for him in finding confidence. It is. And I recognize the struggle sometimes is that, well, what if he's not doing yeah, it? What if he's and a lot not, of times they're not What if he's not ready? Mm-hmm. And there's that's a valid point. I think one of the things that I would I would caution against is don't overcompensate because men like to fill the void. Yeah. And so if the man doesn't see a void He's not going to fill it, but if he recognizes a need, a, a space that he can they can step into, and maybe there's got to be some delicate dance around how you even make that known. Because um, I get that men's egos are often a problem, um, but, but women we steamroll. Yeah, so you can. we got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's make room for uh, a, a man to step into that place, yeah. and you know he's not going to feel confident. You know, I think the big misunderstanding is that men are confident. No, most men no. are very not confident, very insecure. Yeah. And ego is actually just an overcompensation for that insecurity. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, be a cheerleader if you can, if you're oh, yeah. a wife watching and that there is, happen. And I've had lots of conversations with girls. There is nothing sexier than a man that leads spiritually. Yeah. Nothing sexually, 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 <laughs> sexier. I wonder what's on your mind Hey, right now. <laughs> but I think it's important though, because it's like, um, if a man says, hey, let's pray, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's yeah. right. Let's do a devotion together. Or what do you think about, let's let's get ready to go to church. That's beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, and yeah. there's so much in scripture about this, this aspect of spiritual intimacy as a part of marriage. Um, mm-hmm. Peter says this, he says, the same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to your wives, honor them, delight in them. As women, it says they lack some of your advantages. He's talking about physical strength because mm-hmm. that's just generally true, not always true. Um, but in the new life of God's grace, it says you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peter goes, look, if you're not leading spiritually, if you're not treating your wife right, if you're not investing spiritually, you got a block between you and God. Actually. God can't hear you. Yeah, Whoa. that's a that's a that's right? a problem. So you guys got a lot of responsibility. We got to take this seriously. <laughs> and again, it's not your sex life. It's not your bank account. It's not how cool your house is. It is this that's going to count. That's right. Um, and I mean, in fact, those things generally follow this. Like you, you can look at most marriages and when the couple gets serious about spiritual intimacy, actually their sex life gets better. Yeah. Because they feel more connected. Yeah. You know, um, getting practical, a couple quick things. I want to give you like a way to get this really practical. So daily, here's something you can do daily. Encourage your spouse and pray for them every day. Just find something to encourage them about and pray for them. Uh, It doesn't have to be out loud, but pray for them and let them know that you're praying for them every day. Mm -hmm. Weekly, 
uh, take initiative in your spiritual spiritual practices. We talked about what some of those could be, but weekly, take initiative in that, you know, and make sure they're happening. Monthly, decide to learn something new together, something spiritual, you know, could be a a book you read, could be a, a you know, a, a video you watch or something, but decide that you're going to learn something new together. Uh, quarterly, sneak away together and regroup. I know that can be expensive, but I would argue that's one of the most important investments a family can make is to, to do something like that for the couple to do that. Yeah. And then annually, schedule time for spiritually enriching events, retreats, classes, books. There's there's lots of things you could do, um, but you got to plan them yeah. or else they're never going to happen. That's right. So these are, these are ways you can make it practical because you can wish all day long this is going to change, but until you actually change something that's mm-hmm. tangible, you get right. on the schedule, show up together, yeah. that's when things are going to start changing. That's awesome. Thank you, babe. Yeah. That was good stuff. Well, we hope you got something out of today. So subscribe, share, and we will see you next month.